Well, hello there. Welcome to a new episode of the Liberators Network podcast. I'm your host for today, Christian Verwijs, and today we've got a juicy episode for you. I'll be honest, it's an opinion piece. It's about something that has been bothering me for a while, about this whole distinction between agility and business agility. And I wanted to record an episode about it because I think we have to have more discussion about whether or not it's actually useful to separate those concepts as different things. And more importantly, what we're actually trying to achieve with Agile in the first place. So if that's your cup of tea, then make sure to listen to this episode and let me know at the end what you think about it. And just so you know, this episode, along with all the 70 other that we've already recorded, are made possible by our patrons. And they're incredible. We have 600, almost 600 of them by now, and that's just incredible. Our patrons are people who support us with a small donation every month to create more content like this. We have this podcast, we have our blogs, uh, blog posts, we have uh, meetups that we host, but we also have the Scrum Team survey and the scientific research that we're doing. All of that is funded by our patrons, and that's awesome. So if that content is useful to you, if you would like to see more of it, then... and please consider supporting us as well. You can go to patreon.com liberators to learn more about how to do this. But having said all that, let's get on with the episode. Enjoy. I recently noticed that there is a growing trend in our industry to distinguish between agility and business agility. As one website puts it, begin quote, Business agility is a much bigger conversation and looks at making the entire enterprise flexible and nimble, not simply implementing new processes into teams. Now, if you look at various business agility models that are available online, you reach a similar conclusion. In the frame of these models, agile is something that is constrained to teams and isn't therefore complete enough. And many consultancy firms are now jumping into that gap with additional frameworks and models. And I'll be honest, this makes no sense to me. And I'd like to use this podcast to argue that this notion of business agility on top of agility reveals a glaring misunderstanding of what it is that we're trying to do with Agile. And while that is fine in itself, the distinction between agility and business agility may only muddy the waters and distract leaders away from what they should be doing in the first place. A definition of business agility. I think it's helpful before we start with the actual argument to define what we mean by business agility. And if you look at the various consultancy firms and the models that are available for this, the consensus seems to be that business agility is the capacity of an organization to rapidly respond to changes in the market, to external and internal policies, and to changes in our society. That makes it a survival strategy of sorts, because it allows organizations to survive in ever-changing environments and even to thrive on that change and to see possibilities where other organizations are not able to capitalize on those possibilities. And that's great. It's also very much the same as how we would describe an organization that fully lives the principles of Agile. Another way to understand this is to place Agile in its historical context, as we'll do next. Rational and Organic Strategies If you would remove all the business lingo for a moment, the purpose of Agile is to encourage organizations to become more flexible, 
by loosening the many constraints of planning, centralization and standardization that work so well in stable environments. As a concept, Agile takes its place in a long line of similar management concepts that emerged since the Second World War. For example, Lean and socio-technical systems are examples of this. And that makes Agile and all these other emerging responses a direct response to the rational strategies that emerged during the Industrial Revolution. Rational strategies are rational in the economic sense that they are based on creating stability through planning, through objective reasoning, through objective measurements and predictable causal models. At its core, planning, centralization and standardization aim to stabilize how work happens in an organization. The purpose is to remove potential variations wherever possible because these variations can throw sand in the gears of the machine and harm quality, productivity and efficiency. Rational strategies make sense in environments that are generally stable in terms of what is needed or where flexibility is not immediately important or a competitive advantage. The metaphor that drives rational strategies is that of a machine. The ideal organization in this scenario is one where the same process always happens the same way and produces the same outcomes given a certain set of inputs. But since environments are increasingly more volatile and because flexibility is therefore increasingly an asset over competitors, there has been a growing trend in management literature since the 1950s to use a more dynamic metaphor. In this metaphor, organizations are seen as organisms that constantly interact with its environment and is continuously changed by it. Where rational strategies turn attention inward to the processes and structures of the organization itself, organic strategies draw attention to what is happening in the environment and how organizations can benefit from that. In a very real sense, this outward focus is a survival strategy. If organizations don't develop the skills to constantly change their structure and processes in response to changing environments, they will perish in the face of shifts in the market, societies and technologies. So in the ecosystem of a globalized economy, organic strategies encourage organizations to adapt more quickly and therefore increase their chance of survival in the marketplace. As a concept, Agile fits very well into this family of organic theories. Its four core principles emphasize what we just wrote, Individuals and interactions are more important than processes and tools, or interaction is more important than standardization. Another principle is working software is more important than comprehensive documentation, which you can translate to small steps are more useful than large plans. A third principle is customer collaboration is more important than contract negotiation, which you can translate to work closely with your environment instead of getting stuck in contracts. And finally, the fourth principle of Agile is to respond to change over following a plan, which you can summarize as change over stability. So if the principles of Agile are very much intended to make organizations more responsive to their environments, where did this notion of business agility as the missing piece come from? Is Agile only about software? I think it's clear that one of the gaps that business agility is trying to fill is the notion that Agile is only for software development. 
And to some extent it's true that Agile, at least it's how it's formalized in the Agile Manifesto, did start in the software industry. This is apparent in the wording of the second principle, which emphasizes working software, but it, it's also called the Manifesto for Agile Software Development. Even so, we don't think it takes a giant stretch of the imagination to understand that working software is merely the vehicle by which organizations discover and learn about their environment. If you apply the Agile principles to other domains, you simply have to find what vehicle makes the most sense there. At the same time, this focus on software does make sense when you consider that most modern organizations either deliver software or they rely on software to drive their primary processes. It also makes sense that information technology is one of the first domains where we discovered the consequences of complexity. It is the domain where we learned that no amount of planning, standardization and centralization can really reduce the risks coming from that complexity. And more importantly, by framing Agile as something that is intrinsically limited to software, proponents of business agility perpetuate a harmful myth that business and IT are somehow separate things. Isn't it ironic that proponents of business agility over agility are themselves guilty of perpetuating exactly what makes so many Agile adoptions fail? The fact that organizations treat IT as something that is the only thing that they need to change, but nothing else. Is Agile only about teams? The second gap that business agility attempts to fill is the idea that Agile is only for teams. And it is true that the Agile Manifesto doesn't mention organizations, but it's important to notice that it doesn't mention teams either. It merely sets out a number of core principles that allow organizations of any size to respond more dynamically and organically to their environments. And yes, it is also true that many Agile frameworks seem to be primarily concerned with teams. Now, proponents of business agility often argue that Agile is so preoccupied with teams that it leads to blindness to the larger system. And this leads to quotes like, begin quote, We've implemented Agile for teams, but now we're working at an unsustainable pace. We've become feature factories with constantly shifting priorities and no clarity to the business value we produce, end quote. We got this quote from one of the business agility websites. Now, while we recognize this observation and see it too, we also think that this is clearly not what Agile aims to be and I would be hard-pressed to find people that would say, yes, this is perfectly what Agile is going for. There's an important reason why many Agile methodologies are so focused on teams. Since teams are creating the valuable products or services that are intended to serve relevant needs in the organization's environment, they are also bound to run into all the organizational impediments that make it hard to actually do that. For example, there may be a lack of clear goals to guide decision-making. It's possible that there are so many dependencies on others that teams cannot get anything done. Or teams have to cross such a big distance to meet actual stakeholders like customers and users that it is hard for them to figure out what's even necessary. Or the culture of the organization isn't conducive to empiricism or doesn't provide the safety that teams need to actually improve. So yes, the system will get in the way and it will need to be changed. No one disagrees with that. 
Now, what is important to take from this is that this means that teams provide a window into the organizational impediments that make it difficult for them to deliver valuable outcomes to their environment. And that transparency is a great way to develop the organizational skills that allow organizations to adapt more quickly to their environments. If leaders take note of what is impeding teams and give their unequivocal support to break through bureaucracy, hierarchy, and rigidity, their organizations will become increasingly adaptable and responsive. And that brings us to the essence. I believe that many leaders and top managers and organizations have no idea what is going on in their teams. They either don't support them or their support is merely lip service. From scientific research, including our own, we know that management support is critical to, to the success of scrum teams and agile transformations, but that support is often sorely lacking in practice. And that leaves many agile teams stranded in the wasteland that business agility has capitalized on as a business opportunity to sell more consultancy solutions. But is the best solution to introduce new business lingo? Is it helpful to claim that agile transformations only change teams into feature factories, but everything else remains the same? And then to conclude that something else, like business agility, is necessary to fill that gap. Isn't the whole distinction between agility and business agility entirely semantical? Instead, why can't it be as simple as leaders? Listen to your teams and actually help them overcome the impediments they run into when creating value for your business. Anything else feels like consultant junk food to me. It looks tasty to leaders and managers, but it distracts them from what they should be doing in the first place. Listen to your teams and support them. And that brings us to the end of this opinion piece. I hope you liked it and I hope you agreed with it. If you didn't agree with it, that's fine too, of course. And I'm curious to learn your arguments. What did I get wrong? Or where do you think business agility actually has a valuable role to play? Thank you so much for taking time to learn something new and to get your thinking challenged maybe a little about business agility and agility. Uh, in any case, if you want to listen to more podcasts, you can check out our feed. We have over 70 episodes, so there's a large backlog that you can explore. And we're always happy for your support so that we can record more podcasts and write more blog posts, host more meetups, and create more content that is valuable to you. Having said all that, I want to thank you for listening, and I want to wish you a great day, and I hope to see you again for the next episode. Bye-bye.